Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right, well, here we go with another episode where I have the uh, interesting uh, activity of uh, talking with an accessibility practitioner. And today I am talking with Betty Troy. Hello, Betty, how are you doing today? Hi, Joe, I'm doing great, thank you. Well, I am talking from my home office on Vashon Island, which is near Blink's Seattle-based headquarters. Uh, where are you talking to us from? I'm talking to you from the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, probably the biggest city that most people would know that I'm near is San Jose. And then oh, right. our Yahoo, one of our Yahoo offices is. Okay, great. Well, uh, it's, it's uh, great to be able to have this opportunity uh, to uh, chat with you. And uh, I know a little bit about your background, but a good place to start is, uh, you know, always with you just uh, uh, telling us a little bit about the uh, work that you're currently involved in. Uh, yeah, I'm at Yahoo right now as an accessibility specialist. And uh, what I'm focusing on a lot right now is uh, doing user studies and understanding the users and um, doing uh, just getting to know how users use our products and uh, where some issues are and uh, providing the feedback back to our teams. So that's mainly what I'm focusing on and measuring the accessibility of our products. So, uh, and also um, I'm uh, doing some internal mentoring, which is something that I'm really excited about and passionate about. Um, to help spark interest in accessibility in small bites. And um, that's something I'm very passionate about right now. All right, well, great. Well, uh, yeah, um, I, I definitely uh, want to learn a little bit more about the things that you're uh, doing at Yahoo and also uh, a little bit more about the, the mentoring program because this, uh, this program is all about uh, helping others find their way into uh, career and accessibility. Uh, but one of the things that I also like to do is find out how people made their way to where they are today. And uh, um, you have a lot of interesting things in your background. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. Um, maybe you could uh, let me know when you, you first started uh, being aware of accessibility and, and started moving toward that as, uh, as a career point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so it goes back to my childhood when I was a kid. And uh, I was a kid who just loved to find solutions and uh, for example, there was a time when my brothers and cousins and I decided to have an overalls party. And what is an overalls party? It's when uh, everybody wears overalls and gets together and has fun. Well, uh, the, there were six of us and five of us had overalls, but my little brother didn't have overalls. So 
um, that didn't make me feel so good. So I thought about what I could do. So I came up with um, this design that um, my mom, my mom actually had some scrap denim fabric around and he had a pair of jeans. So I thought I'd come up with something that, that could be like overalls for him. So I came up with this design that had a rectangular piece in the front and it had a waistband and uh, straps that came up from the back and uh, fastened to the front. And inside the waistband had these um, belt loops in them. So he would wear a regular belt and his jeans and weave the belt through the loops in his uh, jeans and the loops inside the waistband of this makeshift overalls top. So um, when he put it on, it looked like a pair of overalls. So we were all able to have overalls and have our overalls party and had fun. So, um, and I was also a kid who loved to read about physiology and health and was totally just fascinated about science and the human body. And I would ask my dad to like subscribe to things like the Berkeley Health Newsletter and the Harvard Health Newsletter. And uh, uh, while my, my classmates were probably reading about romance novels and stuff, I was reading about science. So um, I decided to go to engineering school and uh, I, I wanted something with the human body in it too. And at that time, there weren't too many places that offered biomedical engineering. So I made my own engineering major and uh, combined physiology, biology, neurophysiology in with my engineering classes. And uh, so I decided to go to grad school and um, there were biomedical engineering programs in grad school. So um, in grad school though, I took this really interesting course on assistive technology. And it was taught by an engineer and an occupational therapist. And I thought this was just an amazing course because I was just uh, totally absorbing everything from the course. It, it, it's, um, it's like those times when you're absorbing everything and you hardly take any notes. So I was just really enjoying this course. And um, there was a project that uh, we had to do. And my project was to create a lap tray for women who had cerebral palsy who used an electric wheelchair. And uh, this was a really amazing project for me. Um, because uh, we got to go to the center where she spent her day and uh, got to see her in her environment, talk to the people who worked with her, uh, looked at her wheelchair and saw how, uh, what kind of parameters the design need to, needed to follow. So, um, I created a prompt definition and um, ideated upon that, iterated on uh, prototypes and then came up with the design. But the golden moment was when the lap tray was placed on her wheelchair and uh, she, was, she couldn't speak, but she was making all these happy sounds and waving her arms around. And that was the moment when I knew 
I, I could use my skills to help people do what they need and want to do. So I decided to go into rehabilitation engineering and specialize in that and created many more of these kind of user-centered designs. And uh, I took a year off from my grad school program and did this assistive technology program in rehabilitation engineering in San Francisco, and uh, which focused very deeply on assistive technology and various types of disabilities. And uh, during that time, I was also an intern at the Children's Hospital at Stanford Rehabilitation Engineering Center. And uh, I rotated through three different areas, uh, uh, Augmentative communication, uh, prosthetics and orthotics, and seating and positioning, and learned a lot of things. To got, got to see a lot of different cases. And uh, during that time, I also entered a, a student design contest at Resna, the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America. And uh, it was a power soccer guard design and I actually won. <laughs> so uh, with the project partner, we created this power soccer guard for um, power soccer players, which um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, power soccer being played, but they basically have this big, um, huge, like a big yoga ball. And um, they propel their uh, wheelchairs and, and compete in an indoor uh, gym. And uh, we made this guard that uh, helped them uh, not get so many injuries or, or damage to their wheelchair. So after that, yeah, I, if I could, can I just jump in for a sec? Yeah, sure. I, yeah, well, I just wanted to catch up uh, where we're at uh, so far. And so, um, you know, up until this point, it seems like, uh, you, you had found, a, you know, just a really natural path where everything seemed to, uh, uh, you know, link up one after another uh, through, uh, uh, through the university setting and academia. Um, at, you know, at this point, um, were you thinking that your career was going to uh, continue more in an, you know, an academic uh, way, uh, or were you already starting to think that you might be moving into uh, um, uh, non-academic uh, uh, other other parts of your career? Um, at this point, I wasn't quite sure yet. I was open to anything that would. Uh, be coming in my path the next the next um, uh, thing that would be coming. So I actually I went I went back to grad school after that and finished my master's and um, did my master's thesis on ergonomics and manual wheelchair users in the office environment. And then um, from there I I ended up at the VA uh, in Palo Alto and was a biomedical engineer there. So um, that we worked a lot with uh, Stanford. So it was kind of more academia and lots of research. So um, we did uh, a lot of work with um, the 
the uh, professors and the clinicians at Stanford and I got to work with some amazing people. Uh, when I was at the VA, um, I was a biomedical engineer in the human machine integration section and um, worked main, the main project. I did a lot of things there, but the main project that I worked on was the uh, wearable accelerometric motion analysis system, which was a wearable system that used accelerometry to look at the motion signatures of um, people, particularly in the area where people might be fall prone. Um, this was to be designed ultimately as a, a fall prevention aid. So, um, the these people the idea was that these people would wear this device and uh for if they were fall prone and they'd be trained to fall safely or to fall with uh minimizing um the uh injuries that they might sustain if they have a fall and uh so this device would be able to detect that and then it would send out a signal or a voice or something to let them know that they're, they might be falling. And so they would pre be prepared to fall. Um, was, or, um, was the idea with these uh, projects that um, these things would then be put in a form to be uh, manufactured so that they'd be available to, uh, to people to support those physical challenges? Yeah, um, they were, we, we would develop them and then, uh, you know, a company would probably, it would be licensed to a company eventually. So um, yeah, that was, that was the goal to have it licensed after we developed it. And then when, when did things start to uh, pivot and move to where you were working in, uh, in private industry? Well, what happened was um, I took a break to raise my family. And then during that time, I wrote a blog. And to write my blog, I created my own website. And then when I was creating my own website, I realized, oh, this is kind of fun. So I uh, learned HTML and CSS and then dabbled in uh, web design for a little bit. While I was doing that, I discovered the UX field and uh, realized, well, that is very similar. That has a lot of similarities to what I used to do in user-centered design. And uh, so I dabbled in that a little bit. And while I was in, in that field, I learned about the digital accessibility field. And I was... I was amazed with that because it combined so many things that I had been passionate about for a very long time. And uh, so it had this, and my new interest in uh, web design. So it, it, it combined the human centered design and accessibility and web design. So I totally dove right in, talked to everyone that I could who would talk to me and um, read anything, attended webinars, and there were some wonder, wonderful, wonderful people who were willing to help me too. 
and, and talk to me. And um, this is an amazing field. There's so many people who are really wonderful. Um, some really great people helped me and, and talk to me. And um, I also got my CPACC uh, certification. And then I landed at Applause um, and, and was an auditor there, an accessibility auditor, um, which was an amazing place to learn too and to really build my skills fast. Um, so, because uh, there was some really great experts and auditors, my fellow auditors and uh, um, I worked on 80 different projects there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, not projects, products, <laughs> products. Um, and uh, I got to see a whole lot of things. I mean, these were products that we exercise on, we watch on TV, talk show hosts, websites, and, uh, you know, fast food apps, and, um, you know, medical things that we invest with and uh you know lots of department stores and lots of different types of products i got to see in a very short time and um and with the the guidance of of uh experts and and fellow auditors too so i learned very quickly there i i got to see a lot of things and then um, now I'm very excited. I'm at Yahoo. And, and so what's that like? Uh, so what's a, a day in the life or a week in the life uh, working uh, uh, as an accessibility uh, practitioner at Yahoo? Oh, I love it. I love my job at Yahoo. Um I spend some time with uh, the product teams when they have questions on accessibility and help them uh, with any questions that they have. Um, I also do a lot of user studies to understand the uh, users and uh, how they use our products and what kind of issues that they have. Um, and uh, I also, do a little bit of mentoring um, of uh, some of our uh, product team members. Um, and uh, I, I mean, there's, I just love working with the people at Yahoo and the, I feel completely supported in accessibility. There is no um, resistance to it, I feel. It, it, Anybody that um, approaches us or we approach them with something, there's, uh, there's complete acceptance of um, the accessibility team there. So, and anything that we incorporate into the products. Yeah, it's great to hear. And uh, so kind of looking uh, forward, uh, are there any things uh, either at Yahoo uh, that you that you're excited about looking in the future, or uh, more generally, things within the accessibility pro profession, uh, things that you're you know hoping will will develop 
have any uh, kind of thoughts looking ahead into the future? Yeah, well, what I hope to see is uh, everything will be integrated. What I hope is that, you know, there is some resistance in the field right now. And there is sort of, you know, we're kind of getting used to this. There's a lot more awareness now because of the pandemic, I think, for digital accessibility. Um, but it's more, I, I want, I hope that um, there is more of a feeling of us. Um, you know, according to the CDC, there's 26% of us have, or adults in the US have disability at, um, at a time. And, or so it's not like people with disabilities are in one part of the world or one part of the US. It's, we're all integrated. Everybody is, you know, mixed together and it's us that have disabilities and uh at, at some point we're going to have disabilities more most likely when we age and it's really us and we create everything that we use really it's created by us and um everything we create can be considered as a prototype and uh, it can be, we can decide what to do with what we, we create and what we go forward with with the next prototype. So I hope that um, we will integrate more, you know, uh, people with disabilities, different abilities and, uh, and listen and incorporate that into our designs. So that's what I hope to see in the future. And I think we'll get there, you know, at some point we'll get there. The, the awareness is, is starting to um, get out there and uh, we're, we're working toward it. I mean, it's a big job and uh, we've had to start somewhere, but we'll get there. Well, I, I think that's a great place for us to uh, end this conversation. Uh, Betty, thank you uh, so much for telling us uh, about your background and uh, in the, the wide range of things that you've been involved in. And uh, uh, look, hope, look forward to uh, hopefully meeting you in the uh, physical world at, at some point at a conference or something like that. Yeah, that'd be great. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners 
should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design. We can move existing designs to development in a sprint, and maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.